Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hi, welcome to this Irish Tech News Podcast. I'm here talking with John Field, National Director of HBAN. How are you doing, John? Doing very well, thanks, Ronan. Yourself? Oh, great, can't complain. Tell us a bit more about, uh, you, you were talking earlier in the week, you had a press release about sectors that are going to get most investments. What sectors do you see that being? I think, I mean, the, the medical devices sector has done phenomenally well here in Ireland. Uh, we have a Meditech syndicate down in Galway, which has done really well. Um, they've done quite a lot of large deals, and they have real sector domain knowledge. Um, so they're able to invest good amounts of capital, and they understand how to take the product to market. So, for example, we had a company called Eventimed last year that would have had about 1.6 million investors from three different syndicates, but yeah. would have been led by the MedTech syndicate. And they were able to give everybody the, the sort of confidence that they knew that uh, the product was definitely required in the market and customers would pay for it. And here's the channel to those customers and here's the potential for it. So I think MedTech is, is, is done phenomenally well for, for us in HBAN. Uh, we also see an awful lot going on in artificial intelligence. Uh, we see a lot of people <laughs> almost glazing over when they hear about artificial intelligence because everybody says they're doing artificial intelligence now. But I think what's happening now is that the, the, the real artificial intelligence is coming to the fore. So you get down into the real deep technology and the ability to actually do proper machine learning, NLP, human-computer stuff. Um, and we're starting to see some interesting companies come through on that. So I think just on a global scale, uh, AI, uh, even in the US, they would have had about $5 billion invested in AI uh, in 2017 alone. So uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of big companies and a lot of investors going into that space. Well, I guess with AI, because AI right now, the technology to use it is cheaper than it was 10 years ago, because a lot of it can be cloud-based. So it's easier to store the data elsewhere and bring it down as well, I guess. Absolutely. And, and then beyond the AI is the, the likes of IoT, so there's a lot of uh, internet uh, of things, devices, and uh, AOR and VR. So yeah, there's, there's quite a few big, big technologies that are coming coming to the fore. And uh, what about fintech? Do you see much involvement in that area? We do, and I think um, where where we're seeing a lot of the fintech is coming out of the likes of AI. Um, so so you can call a lot of the AI. Um, uh, companies going through are actually fintech companies as well. So the fintech part would be a sector rather than a technology. But yes, you 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 would see quite a lot. Because I'm guessing with blockchain cryptocurrencies now becoming more more popular and prevalent, that could be another area as well. Yeah, I think most people are still trying to get their heads around it. Um, I mean, I know uh, there's a lot of hype about it, um, and uh, th- th- there's a lot of industries that, that are looking at how it would apply to them in terms of insurance and fintech and everything else. And I think they're slowly getting their heads around how they can use it. But yeah, I can, you can see that uh, uh, slowly going up. And I guess with technology like blockchain being used, that's going to make things more secure as well, which helps. It does, uh, absolutely. And, and I think that, that's where the fintech side of that, that's the, the organizations themselves who would have been slow to adopt the kind of blockchain technology are beginning to see that it's becoming ubiquitous so they, they, they need to understand how to actually integrate it into their own systems and that's started that process so yeah you do see blockchain coming through 
And also, you were talking recently about policies that should be created to incentivize investing in, in new new startups. What uh, what policies do, do you recommend people should be doing? Yeah, I mean, we, we, we have the EIIS here in Ireland, uh, which is the LBES. And I, I don't think it's uh, strong enough. I think it could go, go uh, be more uh, uh, positive and give better, more incentivized towards people actually investing in early stage companies, given the high risk that's involved. And all we, all we do is just, uh, the analogy is the, U, the UK with the uh, EIS and the SEIS and how much better those policies are to incentivize people to actually invest in early stage companies. So I'd like to see more emphasis on having a better policy for the um, EIIS and I'd also like to see uh, revenue better resourced to be able to deal with the amount of EIS proposals they get. The proposals are taking too long to get through, which is stopping growth. Uh, but I would really like to see, A, the incentives get better to actually really incentivize people to do it, uh, not just taking a box. And B, I'd like to see it done quicker. And I guess also you're talking about grants as well. Make sure there's more grants available that they can actually access with that red tape. Uh, well, the, the grant side is one part of the equation, and and and, and Enterprise Ireland do, do a great job on that side of the house, and they also do, I mean, with their CSF, um, and they do a lot of good work at that early stage as well on the grant side. But um, I mean, just as a policy, um, I mean, the the, the CGT the capital gains tax, um, we'd also like to see that uh, incentive actually be a real incentive as opposed to just ticking a box, which is what it currently is. It's nowhere near as good as what the UK is. And the UK seem to embrace early stage startups and want to incentivize people to invest in them because that's the future. And I suppose what we see is uh, a lot rolling, and we hear it a lot recently, is about the FDI. There's a huge amount of FDI coming into the country, and I think that's brilliant. And there's a lot of the FDI companies that um, we can see growth coming from and we can see early stage Irish companies tapping into those FDI companies and getting the learnings from them, getting access to people and that's all fabulous. But if we are wholly reliant on the whole FDI sector and the we get a shock to that system, then we don't have an early stage uh, entrepreneurial community that can actually pick it up. I think we just need to incentivize the uh, early stage companies better. Yeah, because I feel at times that the uh, the moment the way it's working is that people, uh, the government, and, uh, and certain bodies are more inclined to uh, to uh, incentivize foreign companies coming to Ireland because because they're the big boys and they think you should work for them rather than startups. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a dual policy. Uh, to be honest, Ronald, I, I, I do think we, we do need to keep bringing the big boys in. Um, the FDI still needs to, to go on. The IDA are doing a fabulous job on that. And I think we still need to do that. And the EI are doing a huge amount of great work as well on the early stage stuff. I just think the government policies could be better focused towards incentivizing people to invest at that early stage and also people to take the risk. I mean, I suppose part of what we're seeing now, and I've heard it for the last 12, 18 months, is that tax policies are geared towards property again. Um, and people are putting their money in property rather than putting it into early stage companies. So you're, you're sort of going, this is madness. <laughs> the madness has kicked off again. Um, and, and why are we doing this? So um, I'd, I'd like, just like to see better uh, policies geared towards genuinely wanting to start companies uh, and help them grow and scale, go global, 
become large organisations and become global organisations. Because I look at it this way, if a startup is, is, is going to grow, it's going to actually employ more people and that's going to give more money to the tax man and, and, and the economy as well, so why don't we just support that? Yeah, and I suppose the way we always look at it is, I mean, if they have revenues coming in, you're paying VAT and all of that. And yeah. then if you have employees, then you're paying all the PAYE and PRSI on top of all of that as well. Yeah. And typically then they would they would uh, have other companies that would support them. So so the, there's the next level down. So there's, there's all sorts of benefits to supporting it. Now, I think... Uh, I mean, the reality is that there's a lot of companies at that early stage which may not make it, and that's fine. Um, but I think we need to support the good ones and double down and the good ones and keep going after them. Yeah, because I know that uh, every time you invest in a startup, it's, you're, you're taking a risk. But sometimes, if you don't take a risk, you're not going to uh, get anywhere. No, I think, and I keep saying this to everybody, is that a lot of the people I see coming through HBAN are really good people. Uh, and even if they've come out of a large organization and they like the idea of setting up a company which they think they've seen a, an opportunity, and if they go through a six-month or a 12-month process of actually trying to build a company and trying to build out all the different facets of what a company requires, and it's not just here's a product, there's a huge amount involved, huge amount of risk, huge amount of time, huge commitment, a huge amount of energy that goes into doing it, that will never be wasted. Because if you even go back into the workforce into a large organization, you're going to bring that learning with you. And that's hugely important because it allows you then develop internally when you have the resources to be able to do it as well. So I think it's all beneficial. Yeah, I guess basically if somebody is to become more entrepreneurial at times, they're going to realize that uh, they're in a good job. Maybe they want to go out on their own. But it's taking that next step is, is, a, is a hard thing to do. And, and I suppose what we're seeing, <laughs> particularly over the last 12, 18 months, is now that we're back to, to almost full employment, people are getting comfy again. Yeah. So <laughs> now that they're all in custody jobs, um, the, the, the risk of actually going out and doing it is a lot less, uh, uh, why would you? Yeah. Uh, whereas five years ago, people had to go and do it. And in some cases, that worked out really well for a lot of people. True, John, because I've seen guys who actually were working for a big company like Google and then suddenly they've gone out on their own. But they went down yeah. on their own when the market uh, wasn't what it is now and there was more of a chance of it being a success. Whereas nowadays, right now at the moment, why would you risk doing that? Exactly. I mean, you're, 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 getting, you're getting your uh, your three square meals a day in Google. You're, you're yeah. getting your, your pensions and your your uh, health insurance and your everything else. Um, and you get well looked after, and, and Google's a great company for that as well. Yeah. Um, so uh, why would you take that risk to often set up something new, create something new? Um, and I think if we lose that creative um, ambition to do something new and interesting and risky and become uh, the FTI uh, workforce, I, I, I think we're, we're risking something in longer term. Yeah, because I guess at the moment, if you if you go set up your own company, you're not getting any extra extra, extra benefits. Whereas, if the government said, "Okay, you've got a cushy job here, but we're willing to give you a certain amount of incentives for you to set up a company," which might in turn yeah. make it more attractive. Yeah, I 
I think I think we have to be sensible about it. So say we can't have everybody setting up companies either. So yeah. it has to be on the basis that there are companies which deserve it, um, and, and there's plenty of companies that do deserve it. But there's plenty of ideas out there which don't. Um, and I, th- I think uh, that the whole idea that everything in the startup world is space is, is, is not the reality either. So I think I think we just have to call the bullshit when it's bullshit. Um, yeah. But really go for it. The, the really good stuff. Uh, with the really good promoters who uh, understand the domain that they're in yeah. and they understand the problem that they're solving and they understand the routes to market and double down on those guys and just uh, invest in them and invest in their ability to be able to create large companies that employ a lot of people in Ireland. Yeah, because I guess right now you're going to have somebody coming up with an idea saying, oh, I'm going to be uh, doing the next cryptocurrency in Ireland. And, uh, because, yeah. and that's something that basically you got to think, hold on a second, is that actually going to work? Where somebody has an idea that says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna help cryptocurrencies actually be more understandable and usable," that's something you yeah. might invest in more so because you know basically it's an area that there's that the people will be willing to, to look into. Where if you say, "I'm gonna invest a coin called Aerocoin," that's something people yeah. think, "Well, how is that gonna work?" Yeah, and, and, and sometimes I mean the ideas sound great. I mean, I call them the Disney stories. So I get to hear a lot of Disney stories every week. Yeah. Um, and the Disney stories are just believe, um, uh, just believe in me and my idea and it'll all come through and give me give me loads of money. And um, uh, once you start poking holes in it, I start asking the reality and the practical questions about how you're going to do it, who's going to buy it, have you got the team around you, is your market big enough for this? Uh, once you start going into all of those, and, and what's your what's your uh, domain knowledge in this space? Once you start poking holes in all of those, it, the idea evaporates quite quickly. And I'd rather people come up with good ideas, but we can constructively take them apart, and then if they're good, put them back together and create a proper business model, and put a good team around it, give it the capital it requires to to scale and grow, and then just scale the hell out of it. Because I guess some ideas you come you come up against, you you, you actually see how ones that on paper look good, and then when you take it apart, put it together again, you tell them actually this idea, if you pivot slightly this way, it's going to work. But if you stay the way you're going, yeah. it won't work. Yeah, and, and, and a lot of what we see as well as Ronald is companies that come in and the technology's built. They're sort of saying, okay, that's great, it does what it says in the tin. Why, why don't you switch on the, the fee paying part of that? Uh, they all, they, they, the ones who say that they, they, they waste to build the momentum are the ones who sort of go, yeah, that's not really going to work, is it? Switch it on now. Let's see if there's commercial interest. Let's see if people want to purchase this at the price you say they're going to purchase that. And just validate it. So technically it's validated and commercially it's validated. And that's all we want to see is people coming in. And I think the, the, the environment has matured over the last five years where a lot of companies coming into us now are five years ago they would have been phenomenal um, and now that bar has been raised that a lot of companies are technically validated as in they do with the same the tin and commercially they're actually making sales which is great so yeah. we see a lot of good stuff that's good and also tell us a bit more about the conference you're having uh, in uh, next month in in, in, the, in the Comenum Sure, uh, February the 8th, um, we have uh, an afternoon conference and we have three super angels. Uh, we have a guy called Christopher Morale, uh, who's done about 70 uh, personal investments in Boston. Uh, he's made a personal mission of his to educate uh, angels and he wants
was the former president of the ACA, which is the Angel Capital Association of America. Um, he's a really good guy, loves, loves sharing his knowledge. Um, he, he was originally the CFO of Iona, and he's also got some investments in Ireland, so he, he still has the connection here, which is, so it's great to have him here. We have uh, Fergo Kenny, who's the chair of the New York H-Man Angels, uh, so he's going to share what they're looking for, and also the network that they can plug companies into overseas, particularly in the New York area. Um, and then we have Peter Cowley, uh, who's the UK angel. Uh, he runs Cambridge Angels, and he's also one of the, I think it's world's best angel or something like that as yeah. well. So he's got about 50 deals under his belt as well. And Peter will be sharing with us uh, what he would do now uh, after 15 years of learning uh, what not to do. That sounds like it's going to be a then, good conference. Yeah, no, uh, uh, yeah, I certainly think the, the practicality and the practical learning of those should be uh, well worth seeing and hearing. Uh, we also have uh, two presentations on companies who came through us or promoters who came through HBAN over the years. So we have a guy called Patrick Liddy who set up a company called Activation Energy. He came through HBAN, he got his funding through HBAN, he then exited uh, company got bought out. The investor did very well. Patrick did very well. Patrick's now coming around again to do his next company. So he's going to be sharing with us that story. And uh, we also have Mark Little coming in to, to share with us. And he's done this many times before on the story full side of the house. But he's going to share with us what he's doing next uh, at his next company. So we have the, the, the full circle of those two uh, promoters uh, from starting to work with HBAM, going through, scaling the company, selling the company, and then coming back in again. That sounds like yeah, it's going to be something not to be missed. I certainly hope so. Uh, hopefully we've built a good, uh, uh, a good uh, team for the day, I think. And, uh, there'll be about 250 to 300 angels, so there'll be a lot of good networking to be done as well. And I suppose what, what I'm trying to encourage people to do is that if you're thinking about angel investing, come along for the day and meet the people, see the companies, see how they present, and if it's of interest to you, join HPAN and uh, we'll help with your deal flow. And if you're going to become an investor, how much money were you looking at investing? Would you recommend or suggest? So years ago, years ago, um, it would have been a minimum of fifty per deal. Um, and we would have had cases where people put two hundred into one deal. Yeah. And what's happened over the years, over the is that in the last five years, as people start to syndicate uh, their money, they would work with one of our syndicates like Iris or Blue or Bull or the Medtech syndicate or the West by Northwest uh, or the Food syndicate, the other one, is that they would basically spread out their their, their, their investments. So they might do 20 grand uh, into five different deals. Yeah. So they'd have 100,000 over a year or two year period. And statistically, you're more likely to get a better hit from that, a uh, better return. Uh, I suppose the returns that we, we, we that, that will be quoted internationally will be between 1.7 and 2.2 times your money back. Yeah. In some cases, it goes as high as three. So uh, you, you can actually kick off with 20. Well, that's good to know because if someone wants to go along, at least have an idea of what of what, what money they would be would be have to have to spend, gives them an idea of what yeah. they're going to be doing. So. Anyway, thanks. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks very much for that for, for that uh, for that call, John, and good luck at Cotman's uh, next month. 
and uh, have a good day. Thank you very much, Ronan. Thanks, take care. Thank you, Ronan. Uh, you too. Have a good one. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks, cheers. Bye-bye. 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 Great. Now, what I'm going to do now is...